Hello, PodFam. Welcome to another episode of The Tea with Laura and Rachel. Today, we have two very special guests, Joyce Arthur and Annalise Downey. Joyce is an abortion rights activist and the founder and executive director of the Abortion Rights Coalition of Canada. Annalise is a recent graduate from the English Department at the University of Lethbridge and is a volunteer researcher with the Abortion Rights Coalition of Canada. She's currently involved with two projects with ARC and is passionate about reproductive health justice in Canada. Welcome to the show, ladies. What are you drinking with us this evening? Well, I have pomegranate raspberry tea, but more importantly, oh. I'm drinking it out of my new cup that I bought in Portugal with oh, that is piles beautiful. on it. That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm not as exciting. I'm a water girl, but I do have my fancy Gamora cup for the Marvel oh. fans. Yeah. Nice. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> what are you having, Laura? Uh, you know, it's a cold rainy day here, so I am mm. having my amaretto rooibos tea. Uh, it's nice. just nice and smooth and rich. Nice. Well, uh, also cold and rainy for me, and I'm a bit more northern than Laura is here in Ontario, and it was actually snowing this morning. So I mm. meant um, full kind of wintertime tea this evening, and I'm drinking uh, gingerbread tea. Rachel's ready nice. for Christmas. I am, honestly. <laughs> like, forget about Halloween. I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. We are going to be talking about crisis pregnancy centers with both of you this evening. So can you tell us what crisis pregnancy centers are, who is running them, and why are they so dangerous? I guess I can start, but Annalise, you jump in any time. Basically, crisis pregnancy centers, that's a term that we call them, but they have many other names. We'll get to that later. But they're basically mostly Christian ministries or faith-based that... uh, their main goal really is to dissuade people from having abortion, to stop abortion. So they present themselves as uh, like um, presenting all options in an unbiased, uh, compassionate manner, judgment-free. We're going to help you with your pregnancy. Um, but really, they will subtly and sometimes not so subtly try and guide um, clients towards uh, having the baby instead of a, a, an abortion. And they um, generally, very few of them will ever refer to an abortion clinic. And so they just have this kind of traditional morality based perspective around sexuality and uh, they're against abortion, although they won't won't come out right and say so usually. Um, So it can be very confusing for someone going to one of these places, trying to figure out what their stance is and where am I and are they really going to help me? Yeah, for sure. And um, it was interesting because as we were getting ready for this episode, Laura and I actually did some research ourselves on uh, the different like the list of crisis pregnancy centers. And we actually found uh, two that were nearby our hometown. And I went on the website and read what they were saying. And, you know, it is presented in a way where it's like, oh, we're going to discuss every option with you. And, you know, we're going to discuss like adoption, continuing the pregnancy, abortion and such. But then there's the caveat where it's like, you know, we're going to fully disclose everything about the option of abortion. And it's like, okay, I would be very interested to hear what that information is. I feel like it can be very misleading. And are there any other names that we should watch out for? I did make a list before this call. So, I'll just so did I. <laughs> well, if I miss any, uh, yeah. Emily, so I've got uh, Birthright, yeah. uh, Pregnancy Care Center, Pregnancy Support, and just Pregnancy Center. 
Pregnancy Options, Pregnancy Help Center. Uh, sometimes you'll see the word hope, hope center or uh, life center. So words like that to look for. Mm. Annalisa, are there any other ones that uh, you picked up? I was going to say also maternal health options. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I noticed um, just kind of looking at some of these, you know, the, the Google review comes up and a lot of them are listed as uh, not so much medical centers, like they're coming up as organizations or help, but it's so confusing. Like, you know, if you're going through this time where it's very stressful and you just type into Google, you know, abortion centers, those are the first things that that come up and you start reading the reviews and it, I swear a lot of those are definitely fake because there's just like, Oh, five out of five stars. This is the best place. They just helped me, you know, with every decision. And then you dig through and there's the real reviews that are like one star zero, if they could of, you know, don't go to this place. Like they are a religious group and they are going to uh, persuade you into perhaps not choosing the best option for yourself. Yeah, well, I mean, even their physical presence, um, a lot of them try to locate themselves in professional buildings or in or around professional buildings across from actual clinics. Uh, there's one in Edmonton, uh, the back porch that's right across the street from um, the Morgenthaler Clinic up in Edmonton. So, I mean, like, again, even just the locations of it are pretty harmful and uh persuading in their direction. Exactly. Now let's kind of step into these uh, CPCs a little bit. And what tactics are they actually using to sway vulnerable people? They use a range of tactics. Uh, um, One is that they'll try and get you, if you call them, they'll try and get you into the center itself rather than tell you too much over the phone. And, um, and, you know, they can sound really nice and uh, pleasant and uh, sincere, like on the phone and on their website. The websites are often very slick and professionally done. Uh, So they are designed to lure people in Uh, and you have to learn how to read between the lines. But uh, look for things like uh, an emphasis on, um, you know, complications of abortion or side effects of abortion and and possible problems with abortion and but you'll never ever see a list of uh, similar side effects and problems for like pregnancy and childbirth right Um, that's all painted as you know wonderful choice and we'll help you and everything whereas abortion well yeah a lot of people regret that or you you might get breast cancer and and these things which are just not true right and um, so they do that and just to and some of the things that they might say about abortion might be accurate, but they're exaggerated, right? If you have a list of side effects of a surgery, well, you know, uh, any, no surgery is without possible side effects, but they exaggerate them, make it sound like this is going to happen frequently. You know, you could die. Yeah, you could die as if this is going to be a common event, right? And so I think it's that scaremongering and, and sowing confusion and, and, uh, even guilt about, you know, like if you're thinking about an abortion, that's, you know, that's not normal and, you know, something wrong with you. So it's, I think it can be very subtle sometimes, but sometimes more direct depending on the center. And I think once they get you in there, I mean, what they say on their website might be one thing, then they get you in the center. What do they say? And there's been a few media exposés over the years where they said some really kind of awful things like, you're always going to be the mother of a dead baby and, and these mm-hmm. really uh, uh, upsetting things. And, and that's why some people can come, can come away quite upset from these places. So um, I'm sure you have other things that you can add to this, Annalise. Well, I was also thinking of religious tactics as well. Um, I looked a lot at their websites. 
Um, so, you know, there's a lot of like, God will love you despite whatever choice that you make. And I feel like that in itself kind of has an undertone of like, you better make the right decision. It's guilt tripping. Exactly. 100%. Mm-hmm. So they really do kind of, you know, like hit you in your guilt center. Um, I mean, they hit you with a lot of medical misinformation too, as Joyce said, you know, saying, you could get breast cancer from having an abortion. And I mean, it's on their web. Some of them do have it on their websites. Mm-hmm. Um, again, very harmful, right? That's a, it's a fear tactic. It creates a sense of grief. Um, and then the psychological misinformation, like Joyce also said, you know, post-abortion stress syndrome is like a really big thing that they tend to push. And I mean, it came out at the same time when PTSD was get, gaining therapeutic credence. So, you know, I think that that kind of is pushed in the same way you're going to have PTSD or post-traumatic stress or post-traumatic post-abortion syndrome from this terrible encounter from having an abortion. So, yeah, they really try and hit you in psychologically as well. Oh, yeah, that is it's just so frustrating because, you know, like we were saying before, these are vulnerable people that are going into these clinics expecting help and expecting to be told the truth, but they're being told everything. But, and, you know, when we were looking at these websites, I found that the majority of them didn't even mention. And then a few of them, the very like fine print at the bottom was we do not actually offer Mm -hmm. abortion or any medical treatment or, or anything like that. So, um, at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're like an information center instead of anything that they can actually help you with. Exactly. And I wanted to point out something interesting that I've noticed, like many of these disclaimers used to just say, we do not refer for abortion or contraception. Mm -hmm. I've noticed a change. Many of them are now saying we are not a medical clinic. Therefore we cannot help arrange abortions as -hmm. if because they're not a medical clinic, they can't arrange your abortion, but it's really just a kind of a, a, a cop-out in terms of, look, they're not even going to refer. Anyone can refer someone for an abortion. You just give out the phone number and here's the clinic and you know, mm-hmm. down the street. So it's an excuse to pretend that they, they can't, you know, give a yeah. referral, right? When, mm-hmm. when they really should. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I'm like, well, don't you just call for an appointment or walk in, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, they're, they just are kind of putting up this, uh, this roadblock now being like, oh, you know if you don't have a doctor too bad, like Mm -hmm. you're not getting a referral from us or anyone else. Yeah. And one of the ones um, actually nearby us that I looked when I was reading their website, they didn't even actually explicitly say we don't offer any referrals. All they said is we don't do it at the center, but they say, okay, as you come in, we're going to you know, lay out all your options, et cetera. As a vulnerable person, I could be reading what they said and been like, oh, well, this is the right place to go to then point me in the right direction. But if I'm in a vulnerable position, I go there and then they're not even going to be able to give me what I'm looking for. And yeah, I, that's very interesting. Cause it's like, you know, just saying we're not going to refer it is one thing, but then saying just, we're not going to do it. It's like, okay, but, you know, I could go into like my doctor's office and there, there are things that she's not going to do, but that doesn't mean she's not going to refer me. So that's very, very misleading. Mm-hmm. No, it's yeah. those sneaky disclaimers, right? I yeah. mean, it is. they really are in the rhetoric around them. There could be a whole study just based off of their disclaimers, honestly, and where they position them even, you know, they're so hidden or subversive. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. completely outright, mm-hmm. but 
it's just really interesting. Like the tac- mm-hmm. it's a tactic. Yeah. And um, just thinking about, okay, so if, uh, if a woman decides to then follow through with her pregnancy, a lot of them boast this like post-pregnancy care, but mm-hmm. you know, what is that even it, like, it, it makes it sound like, okay, you're going to have like a place to stay. We're going to look after you and your baby and, you know, life is going to be grand, but uh, is that even a reality? It doesn't seem like these centers are even set up to facilitate that. No, most of their programs are geared towards, you know, helping people while they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And for many of that doesn't really amount to, a, a, you know, comprehensive care. Uh, they give out resources, they, you know, baby clothes and diapers and things like that. Many of them have like a little, you know, donation shop that people can go to. But many of them also have, you know, these programs called um, baby bucks, earn mm-hmm. while you learn. So they're required <laughs> to go to classes and attend classes. And then in return, they get these, you know, coupons for, for the clothing and the, and the resources. So it's a little bit, um, uh, you know, manipulative in that way, I think, you know, requiring people to go through that. And uh, again, I think there's like a, you know, faith-based traditional morality aspect to everything that they do, even if they're helping pregnant women who want to have the baby, you think, well, maybe that's okay, Mm -hmm. but it's still, you know, and they they say that they're going to be unbiased and people of all religions are welcome, but they're really teaching kind of a Christian morality there. So I'm not sure how appropriate it is for, for people who are not Christian, for example. And uh, yeah, so they just, um, I just worry about that because they have all kinds of other programs as well, not just for pregnant people, but they might have like parenting programs and um, uh, programs for youth. And, um, and these can uh, attract attention from the, the, the larger community, make it look more legitimate and they can get mm-hmm. funding from foundations and things like that. So mm-hmm. I worry about that as well. Then, then putting on this air of legitimacy and we're part of the community and, um, and, you know, we reserve, we deserve mainstream media coverage and we deserve uh, funding from, <laughs> and uh, so that's the thing that we have to fight against. Yeah. And it's just that, you know, classic pro-life foundation where, you know, they really only care about the pregnancy, you know, once there's a a baby in the world, they're like, you're out in the cold, you know, we got Mm -hmm. what we wanted. You're on your own now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do CPCs receive tax breaks? And if so, what is being done to reverse that? Um, I can probably start uh, because we know that many of the CPCs have charitable tax status. Basically, there's about 150 uh, CPCs, crisis pregnancy centers in Canada, and of those, 92% have charitable tax status, which means that they uh, can provide tax receipts to their donors. And we know that if you're a charity, I mean, that really boosts your level of legitimacy in, in the community. Uh, people are more likely to donate to you if they can get a tax receipt. Uh, It opens up all kinds of uh, streams of possible funding that you can apply for that might only be open to charities and really gives uh, the senders, um, you know, legitimacy that they don't deserve. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to think that only like literally 12 of all the CPCs in Canada don't have charitable tax status. And, you know, even all the advocacy groups, many of them have tax status as well. So um, there's that. That's the main thing. I think that's the main way that they sort of, uh, illegitimately get um, tax breaks. Mm-hmm. But we also have another project where a group here in BC, the BC Humanist Association, has been looking at the CPCs in BC to see if any um, have 
municipal zoning uh, tax exemptions or property tax exemptions, because this is a thing that some municipalities offer, depending on what you're doing, uh, what kind of group you are, if you're a nonprofit, if you're a charity. So again, this is a way that some of these places can get um, uh, tax exemptions. And uh, it's, it's a struggle to know what to do about it, but um, the tax, the charity issue is interesting because the Liberal government put in their uh, platform last year to, they said that they would no longer provide charity status to anti-choice groups, hmm. uh, including uh, and like especially CPCs that they highlighted, you know, these CPCs that do dishonest counseling. So um, we're uh, working and basically with the government and hoping that they'll uh, carry through on this promise. And it seems like they're committed to it. So we'll have to see what that looks like. We want them to actually revoke <laughs> the tax status of existing groups too, not just the new applications, but we'll see, have to see how it goes, but that's hopeful anyway. Yes. And hopefully, you know, none of them are grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just thinking about um, the websites and the information out there that it's very misleading about what these organizations do. And just thinking about, um, you know, sometimes a lot of people, they just base donations off of what they see online, that somebody going on this that is a pro like has a pro-choice um, mindset could look at that site and be like, oh, well, this looks like a good organization because the information on there is so misleading that they don't actually know what they're donating to. Oh, 100%. The optics of it on their website is completely misleading and deceiving. But I mean, the sneaky ways that they even fundraise for themselves. I mean, they do baby bottle campaigns where they take these Mm -hmm. baby bottles that they had to put coins in. I don't even know if people still carry (laughs) coins anymore. Um, But yeah, or, you know, like doing like walks for life you know, Mm -hmm. trying to fundraise that way for CBCs as well. So, right. And then this is just kind of a a question I was wondering about, but, um, you know, legitimate abortion centers and organizations like that, like, are, are they tax exempt at all? You know, do they, do they have their donors getting charitable donation receipts? Well, that's a good question because actually, no, um, by far the anti-choice groups have um, charitable tax, tax status much more often than pro-choice groups. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. actually have a list on our website that has a little table with all the numbers of anti-choice groups and their breakdown. But we also talk, uh, list the uh, pro-choice groups and we actually list them by name because there's so <laughs> fewer of them. Wow. There's actually, uh, there's four national pro-choice groups, two are charities, mm-hmm. uh, not ARC. Um, and there's 29 regional or local pro-choice advocacy groups. And of those, only um, a couple are charities. Mm. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, it's a huge difference. Yeah, it is because, you know, um, as December rolls around, you know, I start thinking about like, okay, you know, I'd like to make some donations. And, you know, we've been talking to such wonderful people. So I was like, well, this is something where I would want to put my money. And, you know, luckily I'm someone who's now you know, been informed about everything going on. Um, but it, it's not that simple, right. Of just donating to, you know, maybe your local clinic, you know, it's so important that you guys have this resource here where, where people can look and see like, okay, I know exactly where my money's going to, and it aligns with my values. Exactly. And, and the, there's some abortion clinics in Canada that do have charitable tax status, but not very many, most don't. Mm-hmm. And, um, Although most hospitals, like hospitals across Canada, do have charitable tax yes. status. It makes you wonder, like, why shouldn't every abortion clinic be charitable? Like, because it's yeah. a institution, <laughs> right? 100%. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, why is it so easy for that 92% of the CPCs 
to get it yet. You know, all the, the very few uh, clinics that are across Canada, they, they don't. Very good question. Many of them mm-hmm. have had charitable tax ties since like the the eighties before mm-hmm. the Morgan Teller decision struck down the abortion law. So that's one thing. Okay. But you know, I think that the whole the th- thing with their their deception deceptive practices and uh, the way they approach things that they probably you know send in their application to the Canada Revenue Agency and they look at it and say, oh, this looks good <laughs> because they're not being upfront about their agenda, right? So mm-hmm. and of course we know the CRA itself is quite conservative too. So mm-hmm. exactly. So. Jumping off of this, then, when we were doing our reading, we found that a lot of information that the percentage of CPCs in Canada is higher than abortion clinics, especially in rural and northern areas. So why is that the case? Why is the percentage of CPCs in rural and northern areas higher than the percentage of abortion clinics? Annalise? I was going to say, this is a really good choice question, actually. But <laughs> I, that was the one where I was like, that is actually, I've never thought of that either. <laughs> well, I guess the, the, the short answer would be because um, the, uh, only large cities can really support clinics, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. otherwise there's just not yeah. enough, um, you know, patients to keep, keep them going. Right. Even some of the clinics and cities are only open on one or two days a week, right? Yeah. And uh, but then it's a question like, why aren't more local hospitals doing abortions? And that's a problem as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, since these CPCs are mostly volunteer run and uh, there might only be one or two people there, uh, they can open in any little town across Canada. So uh, mm-hmm. and they're often su- maybe supported by churches as well. So they have maybe a bit more ability to do that and uh, obviously much lower budget you know, than an abortion clinic. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like they need uh, the same space and obviously equipment uh, because they're not doing anything. Um, I know the one in in my town, it's it's run out of the back of a church. Oh, yeah, really? and that's it. It's just a room in the back of the church. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Huh? Yeah, they I weren't guess. like they weren't like super uh, strategic on where to place it to distinguish them from like you know, religion, they're like, no, 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 we're just going to do it right out of the back of a church. Not suspicious <laughs> at all. <laughs> Not suspicious at all. This seems perfectly fine. Yeah. And um, speaking of, you know, not a lot of uh, rural hospitals providing abortions. Um, I don't think ours does. And, you know, it's, so a, either. it's a pretty big hospital, you know, it services a large area. And when we did kind of a little test search of where, abortion centers were around us, um, it, it didn't come up. Yeah. And one time, actually, when I was doing a search just for my own interest of, you know, where, if I needed this, where would we go? Um, the one, it looks a bit more like a clinic. It's not, it's not out of the back of the church, but it's what came up first. Mm -hmm. So when I was reading it, this was before we'd even done any of this research. It was a few years ago. And I was just like, oh, interesting. That seems like it would be a good option if it came about. And now it's like, oh, red flag. So it's kind of scary. And, you know, I think, you know, lots of rural hospitals don't offer it, but that's also because a lot of people that have that education, a lot of them don't come to the rural and Northern areas. Mm -hmm. So what can our municipalities and provinces do to help regulate CPCs, if anything? Well, we're hoping that, um, we have a report that we'll be issuing soon. We looked at all the websites of CPCs across Canada. And um, one thing we hope that we'll be able to use the data for is to look at certain CPCs 
and then go to a municipality, a, a council and say, hey, look at what this CPC is doing and saying in your community. Um, maybe we should pass a bylaw that requires uh, this CPC and other CPCs to properly disclose on their website and on their premises that they, that they don't refer for abortion and birth control, or maybe we want them to list a list of services that they provide or don't provide. You know, let's, let's have some honesty going forward from these places. So that's one option. And um, I mean, we thought of other things too, like um, they have, they use peer counselors. Shouldn't they be like, I don't know, certified or mm -hmm. something or, you know, have their training, you know, um, looked at. Um, so there's various options. It's, it can be a bit difficult though, because they're all a little bit different from each other too. But um, I, I do think there's bylaws and possibly even provincial laws that could be passed that um, would require them to uh, disclose properly and, and you know be honest about the services that they provide and don't provide. Elise, do you have anything to add to that? Or? I literally was going to say regulations and bylaws, you know, like contact your local MLA and see what you can do and what they can do and get to know them as well. Because I mean, like if they're pro-life, obviously they're going to be more inclined to support the CPCs and mm. these organizations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just thinking, going back to those websites again, um, you know, it was all just like volunteers needed, you know, it was a volunteer run organization. So, you know, there's not a single person in there with any credentials on, mm -hmm. um, you know, providing any therapeutic advice or any advice at all. You know, they could just say, okay, this person matches with our values. So we'll let them talk to these vulnerable people. Yeah, no background checks or anything. Like just no. sign up and volunteer, right? I mean, <laughs> it's a little scary. It is. It is. It is really scary. Um, so one thing that's been the basis of all of our episodes on the abortion series has been how can individuals help fight against CPCs? Do you want to go ahead, Annalise? First? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess knowing what's credible on the website. So looking for keywords again, um, looking for religious words, post-abortion stress syndrome, really exaggerated aggressive rhetoric towards abortions. A really big thing is spreading the word. I mean, I had no idea what CPCs even were until I got into post-secondary, mm -hmm. which I think is huge, right? I'd gone 20 years my whole life not knowing what they even were until mm -hmm. I took a reproductive health course. So I think okay. that that's just huge, spreading the word, telling people what they are. Um, you know, reading between the lines, as I said, um, also getting in on social media, you know, posting about these things. Um, we've got a really great Instagram page that has lots of information, you know, sharing posts about CPCs as well. Anything that you can do to raise awareness about what they're doing. And again, also just writing to your MPs too, right? And MLAs. Mm -hmm. And would you recommend to, um, if as we're doing research and such, you know, we found two nearby us just report, like a lot of them have Instagram accounts, just reporting those as well yeah. for being misleading. <laughs> we're petty like that. We've so already we done it. <laughs> we're so petty. I reported one twice. <laughs> uh, I can't not say that I'm also doing the same things. You know, I see these things and I'm like, report, 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 block this mm -hmm. account, you know? So I, it, social media really is, it has the power. So if you can share these things, not their websites, but, you know, inform people through your own pages. It's huge. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, and the social media power is, is really important. And, and when you're saying earlier in the uh, episode about uh, some of the reviews, it, you scroll down and you find the, the, the one star reviews. And those are maybe the ones to look for, but also it may be a good source of like just 
information about people's experiences there and what that, what actually happens there in some cases. So it's that's really important and and just um, yeah, just being aware and um, uh, talking about it. And um, and we've tried our best to you know expose these places over the years in various ways and make reports about them. We talk about it in the media, and there's been more and more media reports over the years too. So that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, you, I worry about the more. Um, uh, the marginalized communities who might be fooled into going to these places, people with English as a second language and mm-hmm. youth and, and people like that. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, the more we can talk about it to all our networks, the better. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I just kind of want to go back to the municipality, um, you know, being involved there because right now, you know, um, across Canada, all the municipal gov- governments are being elected. And, you know, it was something I was just like, oh, you know, this is something I would love to bring up to my town council because, you know, um, we don't really have an issue with uh, flyers and propaganda being spread around our town, but there is a very, you know, first on the Google search uh, organization that does come up and it would be interesting to kind of put that forth to to the town council and see you know we need to provide some information about this so our our town is safe and our community is not going to be misinformed mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. taking it back to that like grassroots level and really starting at the first level of government can make such a difference because you know that's the community that you live in so it's a good spot to focus on and I know we did touch on it a bit, but can we just reiterate how many CPCs are in Canada and where can our listeners find a list of them? Uh, sure. We have uh, um, listed 150 of them that we've you know, found through various means of research. Mm-hmm. And we have a full list on our website. We actually have a list of all anti-choice groups. We have a separate yeah. list of just the CPCs. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure how I can tell you how to quickly find it, but our website is uh, Abortion Rights Coalition of Canada. You Google that. And then um, it's under publications and resources. Yeah. It was actually yeah. very easy. Resources. I found it in okay. less than a minute when I was on your mm-hmm. website. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I also wanted to mention we have, uh, you can Google this as well. It's called, um, it's a resource called How to Identify Fake Clinics. And it yes. tells you what language to look for, you know, everything from like even the imagery, like does it have pictures of sad people and mm-hmm. things like that. So mm-hmm. that could help uh, identify CPCs as well. Nice. So if, say, our listeners are just going about their lives and they see one that one of these organizations popping up that isn't already on the list, can we email you somehow to let you know for them to be added to the list? How would we go about that? Uh, yes, please email us and then we can check it out and get them added to our list. So uh, our ad info or email address is on our website as well. Awesome. Yeah, and Joyce is pretty diligent about keeping that list updated. <laughs> like, I think September 2nd was last time it was updated. So it's always, always changing and we're keeping on top of it. It's a live um, document. Yeah, <laughs> document. You know, hopefully one day it starts shrinking because yeah. these places are being closed down. Well, mm-hmm. really, it's just amazing how they can just pop up and then disappear and then pop up right. and then disappear. So the list is, it's all, it, like, it literally is almost always changing. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Well, Annalise Joyce, where can our listeners find and follow you just to help keep getting your amazing information? Well, ARC has a website as well as uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. 
And so I think abortion rights is our Twitter handle and also Instagram as well. And then you can just search us on Facebook, Abortion Rights Coalition of Canada. And um, yeah, we welcome people to like our pages and because uh, we're very active on social media, we're always posting stuff. So it's, uh, uh, I think it's a good place to be. Amazing. And Elise, do you have a, a public Instagram that you're on, or are you more just kind of helping support ARC in the in I'm the here for ARC. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> on Instagram, find at Abortion Rights Coalition can follow it, get all the information and share and spread it. Awesome. Yeah, and, definitely. Annalise has been great. She's she she was the one who went through all the CPC websites and kind of trolled through them for information. So she's an expert on all the CPCs across Canada. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, thank you both for your amazing you. work on that. We're going to do our part and, you know, keep uh, reporting <laughs> the Instagram <laughs> accounts and we'll write some bad reviews as well. Try to, you know, <laughs> make sure those make it to the top instead of those yeah. five star. This is amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, try and help and, and do our part. That sounds like a weekend activity. Just like pull up the list of all of them and just be like, does this have an Instagram account? Misleading <laughs> report. Oh my gosh. And they do, <laughs> yeah. honestly. You know what? They even have YouTube accounts. Like it is really like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. There is an outreach for they're on top of their social media too. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, we're going to come after all of them. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. That's what we're doing this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fun plans. Yeah. Get your girlfriends together. (laughs) You know what? We're, We're entering into November. Okay. Like it's kind of like that time to hibernate time. It's perfect timing for this. Exactly. Exactly. So yes, thank you both so much for joining us this evening and for just helping bring awareness to this issue, because I don't, honestly, this isn't even something I'd ever really know understood or known about. So, and it's such a predatory practice that more people need to be aware of. So thank you for doing the work that you do. Thank you for inviting us on and bringing attention to it. Always happy to have you. You're welcome back anytime. Hello, Pod fam. Welcome to the After 8 Tea Party. Did you miss me? Rachel, did you just boot me from the intro? Um, let me tell you that threw me off so hard that I was doing it. And I had to look away. One, because I was reading the intro because I'm just not used to doing that and I didn't want to mess it up. But also because I knew that you were smiling at me, trying not to laugh. <laughs> and when I looked back, all I just see is like your little smile when you're trying not to laugh and I was just like oh no I'm so glad I wasn't looking at her (laughs) no it sounded so good you did a great job on the intro I I like to think it's like my practice speaking with clients and stuff I can somehow keep my voice very level even though inside I'm like I want to die and I'm scared so you know my professional life it's helped me in my podcast life oh see it's it's great yeah. Did you miss doing the intro? I'm pretty sure this is only the second time I've ever done the intro for this show. I think so. Um, no, it was kind of nice to to have a, a night off. Um, uh, I was a little bit worried that I was going to have some audio interruption and I just mm-hmm. really didn't want our show to start off that way. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, took a took a back seat and, and enjoyed. It was great. Good job. Nice. Good job. Nice. Yeah. Let me know if we need to like go back and forth every so often. I'm happy to sub. You you have a taste for it now. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, I feel so powerful. I'm the <laughs> one who's setting the mood. 
It's a very important role. <laughs> Honestly, the only the only thing I remember is I've introduced this show the way that you do, but the other I don't. It was like months and months ago, probably last year, and how I introduced the show was just hello. <laughs> That was hilarious. <laughs> See, you overcame your fear of starting the show. Yes. Yes. So um, anyway, let's CPCs. go over that episode. That was amazing. I feel like I have so much more knowledge now that I can take away because, like I said, this is not something that I had any knowledge about until we started doing this series. And it's actually very, very scary that when you do a search – they are who come up first. Yeah, like I did a little quick search just as research for this show. And two out of the top three were CPCs. Mm-hmm. And then the third, like the third line was an actual clinic. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of blew my mind because like I always knew that these groups were out there, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize how prominent. Like I think you could argue – like actually, there I don't even know if there is an argument. You can – say that they are more prominent than actual medical centers, which blows my mind. Like these are dangerous organizations and there are more of them out there than actual medical Mm -hmm. facilities that will help people. Yeah. And I think what freaked me out about it as well is, you know, we were talking about the municipalities and, you know, uh, something we can do is get in touch with our municipality. But what if you're municipal government is just very conservative yeah like and I they don't in, care in like my area i it's it's hard to say in the at the municipal like mayor level because they don't really mm-hmm. have parties but definitely at the um uh mpp level i don't know if there's been anyone but a conservative in that mm-hmm. role Which is wild. Uh, Yeah. Which is wild. And they also were on the list of suspicious people that are, Mm -hmm. you know, pro-birth. And that is just so concerning. And I know they, like, wrote me back in a letter saying, like, oh, no, I'm not. Like, that's wrong. Um, (laughs) Your voting record shows different and your support. Actions speak louder than words. Exactly. And, um, yeah, and I, I feel like that's just, like, a common tale for so many rural areas. Yeah, for sure. But the one thing that I do love about that is kind of throwing it back to our episode that we did with Dr. Teal, where he talked about how much power you can have at the municipal and community level just rings so true. Because even if, say, the mayor of your town or whatever is pro-birth, you can still make every effort to get the message across that this is not okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it kind of is it's funny because right before we recorded this interview, I was actually watching, um, you know, Rogers local TV. They posted the candidate meetings mm-hmm. for the municipal elections on YouTube. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to take an active role now in, I don't say an active role in politics, but like I want to understand, you know, who is in power in my area and like how Mm -hmm. does it affect me. And I'm really trying to be that, you know, not someone who just goes like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't really care. Like, I do really care. You know, the older I get, I'm like, wow, this actually really does affect me and my family. So I want to say, you know, I've, I've participated and I voted. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, just during the election meeting or I guess the, the candidate meeting, 
they weren't necessarily debating, but they were answering community questions. And, you know, it's it's a little late this this time around, but, you know, I would have loved to have asked the question, you know, mm-hmm. there is a predator in our community. I would probably not say it like that. <laughs> Turn the mic off on me. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, how are you going to protect our community from this? Yeah. You know, so many people are being misinformed and mm-hmm. getting help that's not helpful, like it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And even like stepping away from the political lens and just going more social, getting involved in your community and bringing awareness to the fact that these organizations exist in your town can do so much to just help people avoid the situation because, you know, like we noted for the local organization in our town, the disclosures in there are so misleading. All it says is we don't provide abortions. It doesn't say we don't refer them. It doesn't say we are against them, et cetera. So other than maybe the red flag of it's literally in the back of a church, like if you're in a really vulnerable state, you know, of course, that would kind of seem like the place you need to go. And just being that person who can put your voice out there to your community and say, this is actually what this place is, can help just bring awareness to the public around you. And then they can make an informed decision about where they're going to go. Yes, you know? and I think if our listeners are going to take anything away from this episode, definitely go check out that list of all the known CPCs in Canada, mm-hmm. um, also the known organizations that you know you should be making sure you're not supporting or donating to, and even like you know, I mean your your parents are are donors, and you know make sure that they're not um, donating to these uh, false charities. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put the link down in the show notes so you won't even have to go searching for it. It's going to be right there. It's a very comprehensive list. I was kind of shocked mm-hmm. um, just in a, I don't know, 50 kilometer radius, how many of them fell within my mm-hmm. area. Like it was, it was shocking. And then just doing like a reverse search on, okay, well, how many actual like legit clinics are around? A fraction, just mm-hmm. minute, minute. If that, and if most that. likely out of the range of 50 kilometers. Yes. And, you know, again, like in our line of work, we see charitable donation slips quite a lot. And that it is really scary to know that most CPCs have a charitable status and can offer receipts to people where a fraction of actual abortion clinics and helpful pro-choice organizations actually have this status. Like, it's crazy. And I feel like it's just so, so dangerous to so many people who are just looking for these organizations to donate to and maybe aren't doing that much research. And then suddenly they're in, they're like supporting an organization that doesn't follow their belief system because they can be kind of tricked into it. Yeah, and absolutely. And everything that was happening south of the border with Roe v. Wade being overturned, I feel like in terms of charitable donations, you know, um, supporting, you know, women's health, women's rights, and mm-hmm. and abortion access is definitely going to be top of mind for so many people. 
Mm-hmm. And it just makes me wonder, okay, well, how many are kind of falling into that trap of thinking that they're donating to a mm-hmm. reputable organization, but, you know, it turns out to be a, a CPC instead. Yeah. And um, I just kind of want to go back to what Teal had said about grassroots programs. You know, it it's so beneficial to donate to the grassroots because your your dollars, like even like, I don't know, you donate $50, $100. Like that money is making a difference and mm-hmm. they can stretch it so far because they are grassroots. You know, it's not mm-hmm. getting lost in, in you know, corporate politics or anything like that. They are putting those dollars directly back into the community. And I think it's important that when we look at giant issues like this, it, it's hard not to get overwhelmed of, you know, okay, well, how can we fix this problem across Canada? Well, Let's just start with like, how can I help my town and my community instead? Mm -hmm. Like you just said, women's rights and reproductive rights and such, that's going to be very top of mind for a lot of people now. And especially when it comes time that people are thinking of doing donations and such, this is the time to really, really dive in Mm -hmm. to the organizations that come up when you're searching. You know, like Annalise was saying, look for the keywords when you're doing this research is their religious messaging kind of intertwined in um, their service offerings? Do they have a disclaimer in there that either we don't offer care or we can't refer you? Mm-hmm. And also just like, is it just a, a volunteer-based counseling organization? Because you should also be able to figure that out too as you're looking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So definitely be careful if you end up on these sites, whether you're looking for their services or you're looking to help or donate, mm-hmm. just just make sure you're really reading into it because there's so many, you know, scams. That's really what they are. Mm-hmm. They're scams out there. And um, you you need to, to protect yourself and um, yeah, just be yeah. careful out there. Uh, definitely report any Instagram or social media accounts you come across and then uh, maybe put some truthful reviews out there and Mm -hmm. people can be aware because like, I don't know, I for one, I read Google reviews on everything and um, I was a little surprised at how much I really had to scroll to get Mm -hmm. to the real reviews that weren't, you know, all the eerily the same. Those are very having five star experiences, and I'm sorry. <laughs> just, <laughs> just was I like, don't I'm buy like, that. Oh, this is bullshit. This is total bullshit. Yeah, for sure. Um, if anyone is wondering what we use to report, because we're petty, uh, we used misleading and also dangerous. You can report them twice, just so you know. Yep. Yeah. 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 And um, you know, just going back to the wonderful ladies that we had with us today, I just could talk to them forever. About all of their knowledge. Joyce is really just a wealth of experience and she's incredible to talk to. Yes, absolutely. And Annalise, it's so nice to see someone who is young, who is mm-hmm. like really taking a stand and uh, diving deep to understanding all of these issues. Um, I can't wait to talk to them again. I thought they were absolutely amazing. Yeah. But if you guys enjoyed this episode, we hope you share it with friends and family. Um, sharing the episode really helps out the show. Also leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you have any questions um, for Annalise or Joyce, uh, you can always send them to us and we will forward them on. If you don't want to reach out 
directly, but you definitely should reach out directly because they are two lovely ladies. And mm-hmm. our email address is teawithlaurarachel at gmail.com. Yep. And kind of going back to the sharing thing, I don't think we've ever actually asked for this before, but if you like this episode, like please share it to social media and just get it out there because like we said, this is not something that we had really any information on until we went on a deep dive when we started this series. So I'm sure there is a lot of people that out there that also do not know what these are. So please, please share it so that we can get it in front of as many people as possible. Absolutely. And this is part five of the abortion episode. So definitely check out parts one through four. There is just so much knowledge from all of our wonderful guests. And with that, live like tea. Live like tea.